0: Welcome to Technomics, an Insight podcast series where
1: technology meets economics. Hello, my name is Alex Kijen, and I'm the go-to-market marketing manager for Insights. Welcome to Technomics. In this episode, we're going to take a look at cloud. Public versus private versus hybrid versus multi-cloud. It's not easy. Not to mention there being a minefield of cloud providers to choose from. So to help us guide through this jungle of cloud technology, joining us is Richard Brackley, Solutions Sales Manager for Insights in the UK, and John Noakes, Solutions Sales Specialist for Insights in the UK. Welcome. Great to have you both here. So I found an interesting stat today. According to TerraData, 91% of organizations believe that the move to the cloud should be happening much quicker than it is. So we all know cloud is the right way forward but clearly some people don't know how to make transformation. Why do you think that might be?
2: Well, I think the key bit there, Alex, is, and it's an interesting statistic, but the interesting thing there is, cloud means different things to absolutely everyone. It's an area that is changing, I was gonna say day by day, but that's old language, minute by minute, second by second now. And the move to cloud, can mean many things, different things to different people. Public cloud is growing in popularity, we all know that. But private cloud, uh, or, or the concept of having diff- some workloads or some um, storage or some part of their infrastructure on premise as well, leading us onto the hybrid cloud conversation. And then we've got multi cloud, where some, some customers, the average cloud usage, they've got six, seven, eight different clouds different people, different departments within different customers. Cloud means different things to different people. It's moving so, so quickly, it's complicated, the technology is advancing, but more important than that, it's what it means to the customers and what they're trying to achieve. That's the important thing that we need to boil things down to.
1: Great. So, John, what do you think are the most common problems your clients are finding with the current cloud solutions?
3: Yeah, the interesting thing here, Alex, is that depending on how big the client is and what industry they're in, you might think, well, there are different challenges. But with cloud, there are some pretty common ones. There's no doubt that it's proved more challenging than anticipated to move to the cloud generically. And that's because you have things like platform and infrastructure and software applications. The dependencies they have on not only each other, but how they're managed, how they run, how they operate, it's very complex. And you can't just forklift all of that into the cloud and say oh yeah it's gonna be alright so to get, getting to the cloud is relatively easy click deploy done yeah and when you leave it like that you think oh that's easy why doesn't everyone do it but of course I'll use the analogy of like driving a car it's easy to make a car go fast you just press the pedal on the right and it goes fast what's not so easy is to control it to steer it and to brake that's where you need different skills so the key challenges that customers are having very much around skills. There's not enough skills in the marketplace for plan, build, and manage capabilities. I think the opportunity for organizations to embrace the cloud some sometimes in a slower speed than is originally being said, is absolutely massive. And that's where the role of hybrid comes in. So the opportunity for clients to get the best advice, guidance, assistance from organizations that can help accelerate their digital transformation strategy is what this is about. So if we're gonna fix the problems, first of all, we have to understand them. Secondly, we have to have a range of answers to solve them. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, we have to be able to go back and say, how are you getting on? Once you're in the cloud, how can we keep you there? But if, how do we keep you there if it's the right
2: thing? Is it to move some things onto cloud and then off to cloud? Is it to move things from one cloud, public cloud provider and someone else has a special offer, so move it somewhere else? It's that optimization piece. That optimization piece of work is never going to be done because everything continues to change. The price points change, the technology change. Someone's going to have a different service that you want or someone in your organization wants to consume. It's going to change even in your infrastructure. Every customer is different and they're all going to be looking for different things at different times. There is no finished state. It's not a journey to the cloud. Oh, I'm arrived, I'm here now. As soon as you're there, something else is gonna change. How do you drive adoption across your organization? How do you continue to make it, as John says, optimized? And your business goals are gonna change. What business is asking from IT is gonna change, um, and that is gonna have a knock-on effect to how that business wants to deliver and consume IT services and different flavors of cloud is going to change constantly over the period of time
1: some fantastic ideas floating around here guys john have you got any ideas on on, on cloud solutions and what's out there and what's coming in the future
3: yeah for sure Alex. And i think you know the first thing i'd say is that we often talk about solutions and a solution is only a solution if it's got a problem to fix so the first thing is to understand what the problems are it's not a solution otherwise but once we get into that the idea of saying well what's out there well there is a increasing, there are an increasing number of organisations in platform, infrastructure and software offering those things as a service. And when you look at the marketplace, it's clear for everybody to see that the two market leaders in IaaS at least, Amazon Web Services and Microsoft with their Azure capability, have been top right at the Magic Quadrant for the last three or four years in this space. The gap continues to widen between them and the rest of the organisations. In fact, between them, Microsoft and Amazon have got more combined computing power than all of the rest of the Magic Quadrant players together. So, that gives you an indication as to how large these big, multi, these global organisations have invested in this technology. But of course they're not the only shows in town and there are some fast-moving players in the market as well. I mean, people like Google. Google have been busy working away for years now with the things they do best. Everyone knows Google from a consumer perspective, but their business capabilities built around their core capability of search, analytics, intelligence, data analytics. They are making some big moves in the cloud and so are people like Alibaba. Alibaba Cloud, which is the cloud of the Alibaba organization are an enormous organization not really known that much for outside of China but they're on a global march so people like that are expanding beyond their home markets and when we look at the developments that these folks are coming up with I would say there are four trends for 2019 that CIOs need to be looking out for and paying attention to and those those trends are really around first of all as we've intimated here the sheer number of cloud solutions that are available is increasing all the time. You need to be aware of that as a CIO, where you're going to get the best advice from. You need to choose your partners carefully. Second uh, thing that you need to look out for is the, the futuristic world, some would say, of quantum computing is nearer than some people think. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to have hyperscale computing on your desktop anytime soon, because the principle of quantum computing, which is moving so fast now, is indicated by who the global leaders are back to the previous point. Between IBM, Google and Alibaba, they have invested more in quantum computing which takes hyperscale supercomputing to a completely new level more than anyone else. And that's something you need to have an eye on because those kinds of computing technologies in cloud first of all, are only available in cloud. So those companies are offering cloud services for hyperscale computing. You can't buy a machine and install it to do that. It is a cloud service. And they're gonna be used for things like medical research, real conversations with AI, transformative applications that we're just beginning to see the start of now. The third trend that's gonna be really interesting to look at is because of GDPR, the world of cloud security is about to get a lot more complex. You should expect that next year to get even more complex. The amount of attention that's being paid to security in the cloud is enormous, and so it should be because the vulnerabilities associated with the platform, the infrastructure, the software, and the edge computing that goes around it are gigantic. So that's going to be a real challenge for all of our people, and the the fourth key thing to look out for is there are more and more companies opting in to a hybrid cloud capability as richard said earlier and as we'll continue to say in this podcast there is no one answer that's right for everyone every organization is different and if you think of hybrid as the the blend of Mm -hmm. on-premise co-location managed services private cloud and public cloud there are five different environments there and that's like the world's most complex graphic equalizer with each one of those bars growing up and down and every company is different. The number of combinations of those five things is almost infinite. So when you take those four trends and what's happening in the market, any CIO or any CXO that's got an eye on that stuff is probably going to be doing the right thing just to keep ahead of the market and make sure their organization is ready to be an agile organization, really, by which I mean... The ability to act, react and adapt to planned and unplanned events. And I always leave it there because you leave that question hanging there and say, how good is your company at doing that? Mark yourselves out of 10. How good are you at acting, reacting and adapting to things you knew were going to happen and things you didn't know were going to happen? Unless you can do that, it's just pretty PowerPoint. It's just clever stuff. You've got to be able to link that to your business challenges.
1: That's really interesting, John. Thank you very much for that. Uh, We're going to take a quick pause here for a minute and take a short break, Uh, but then we'll continue with some ideas around uh, multi-clouds and some case studies.
0: Now more than ever, technology is both supporting the business and becoming the business. Stay up to date on the latest IT solutions that are transforming business by subscribing to Insight's newsletter, The Script. You'll receive bi-weekly articles curated from sources across the web and stories on intelligent technology to help your organisation run smarter. Visit uk.insight.com script to sign up today.
1: We're back here with Technomics. Thank you for sticking with us. I would really like to jump back into some of the stuff that Richard mentioned before about the explosion of multi-clouds and why it's becoming the new development to watch. So Richard, can you tell us more about multi-clouds and why businesses should be having this on the radar?
2: Of course. I mean, multi cloud it's, it, it's a huge area because as John just alluded to there, there are so many different flavours. And every one of the customers that I'm seeing, that John's seeing, the Insight is have a different set of requirements, but they're also in a different place. The beginning of every journey, any journey, is the starting point. And that has to be carefully understood what the present state is, the analysis of what is working where, not where you think it is, not where your IT team think maybe it is, but where it is, warts and all, that starting point. As soon as we've got that, as soon as you've got that, you can then put an aspirational goal in of where your business wants to be in the next three, five years, whatever your planning cycle is, and then put a programmatic, programmatic, detailed, cloud enablement or adoption plan in place to get you there, and to get you there in a safe, effective way, but also with the ability to react to the unknowns that will undoubtedly be coming your way. And that leads us to that multi-cloud. There is no one size that fits all. Some people will have for um, uh, compliance reasons, for technical reasons, for commercial reasons, or indeed for emotional reasons, the need to put something, to keep something on-premise, Some will have a specific requirement that would better fit within Azure. Some will have a better fit DevOps or whatever that would fit better in uh, AWS. And that's all within the same organization. There is no cloud that is going to be one one size that fits all. And having the ability as a company, as an enterprise, or indeed a public sector establishment to be able to pick the right mix of those clouds to support your business goal. That is the key to it. And as John alluded to, there are more and more cloud providers coming out. He named some, I'm sure over the next few years, there'll be some that we've never even heard of that enter this marketplace and complicate it even more. And the key to this is How to keep up to date with all of these different cloud providers and when you enter a multi-cloud world to meet those requirements how do you then manage it how do you make it cost effective how do you pick ultimately what runs better where today tomorrow the next day because it's going to be changing over a period of time as well that is the beauty of multi-cloud but also the complexity and the challenge of adapting a multi-cloud environment. Does that make sense, Alex?
1: Does that answer your question? It does, and and it's fantastic actually to see that obviously organisations need to understand their challenges and how the the, the multi-cloud environment is going to support those challenges and and how they should be aligning to their objectives as well. So thank you very much for that, Richard. John, I've got a couple of questions for you. Are you seeing organisations asking for advice around multi-clouds? And also, how do they create a successful multi-cloud strategy?
3: Yes, in short, yes, we are seeing uh, an increasing number of organisations asking for advice on that. And I think one of the most exciting things about multi-cloud is the fact that it's like the world's biggest pick-and-mix menu, you know. If I'm a five-man organisation or a 50,000-man organisation, guess what, the choices are the same. Because it's like going shopping in the world's biggest online supermarket, right? I'm gonna get my CRM application from there, I'm gonna run a database from there, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And of course, when you break it down into into the various workloads, which is where the ruby really hits the road, it's not really about the cloud providers, it's about the business application that I'm gonna run on that cloud provider's resources to make my business more successful. And when you look at that, you look at the the most popular workloads. That most people you know 98% of all organizations that are in the cloud today are running compute storage and networking and maybe a database so 98% of all the stuff that's done in the business cloud is across those four things which means only 2% at the moment is what you might call the more innovative applications like you know artificial intelligence machine learning predictive analytics etc etc there's lots of them but of course Back to the question about multi-cloud, what advice are they asking for? Well, it depends where you start from because I've just mentioned five or six different purposes for cloud computing there. That might be five or six different clouds. So I'm running VMware, I'm running Hyper-V, I've got Windows, I've got Linux, I've got Oracle, I've got Salesforce. The list goes on. And the advice that people are asking for is, help, how do I manage it? It was easy getting it going. I can even pay by my credit card, it's so easy. Because <laughs> sometimes easy is not good. Sometimes easy is bad. And in this instance, it very often can be bad because the clock starts ticking and I'm spinning up virtual machines in the cloud. Oh, and I forgot to switch them off. They've been running all weekend and we haven't had anyone using them. That's money going out of your account. So, back to the earlier point about optimization, it's not only about cost optimization, it's about resource optimization as well. And I think. that all comes together really is one of the reasons why multi cloud is beginning to take off in the first place is that line of business professionals and departments are today getting closer and closer to developers the business people are talking to the techies more than they ever used to that used to be two completely separate worlds it ain't now the gap is closing why are they doing that because the business people know that the techies can spin up develop manage run deploy and support a brand new application in some cases in minutes in minutes remember the old world of going out and issuing an rfp and getting a dog and pony show and getting eight vendors to come in and all of a sudden six months has gone by and i still haven't chosen what erp system I want. the world's changed now what that really means which is where the most advice is being asked for is on skills. And I think one of the biggest results of that capability where companies can do a lot more is around support. Organisations that are offering managed services to support cloud environments, they're the people who are going to be most in demand in the next few years. Because what we've built up is this complex capability Like a cat playing with a ball of wool looking for the end, you know. Just where is it? How do I do it? You're never going to get to the bottom of it. Managed services are absolutely the way to go. Getting advice and guidance up front to assess the situation, to migrate, optimise, and deploy the cloud solution is one thing, but like I said earlier, once you're there, how do we keep you there? The managed service is going to keep you there. So, yeah, I hope that uh, gives you some ideas on the challenges that we are seeing from our customers and a little bit about what we're trying to do to help them.
1: Definitely John, thank you very much for that. Really interesting insights actually on that. Uh, guys, do you have any case studies that you can share with us? Oh
2: Alex, I've got hundreds. Insight, I've been working with them, our customer base about this, this area for a long time, both in the UK, Europe and also in the States and, and we've got a lot, a lot of experience one specific one from myself, and I'm sure John will add to this, but one specific one that we've just gone through here in the UK is working with a medical company that was looking to deliver their applications into the NHS in a different way. Um, so they were looking to completely digitalise their go-to-market to ultimately deliver a better customer experience to the NHS so look at those great doctors and nurses that are supporting us but also to do it in a more cost effective way. We worked with them over a, over a two year period actually in terms of understanding exactly where they were, exactly what the applications uh, they were looking to deliver into the NHS were and where they wanted to get to we took them through our analysis process in terms of helping them through that journey because as we've all alluded to it, it it's complicated and the outcome of that which which i guess surprised us all but from a technical and a commercial viewpoint the best option for them was to go to build a private cloud to go on premise to use the old old way of doing stuff So we helped them create a data center infrastructure across two remote sites with multiple vendors and as technologies integrated into that solution, delivering that application out to the NHS. But the interesting thing was, as soon as we'd finished that project for them and they'd gone live and we were supporting them, so we'd handed over to our support teams as well to keep them up and running and to continue working with them, they had another opportunity. So we started going through that same process again. So literally eight months later, we went through the same process, but the world had changed in terms of some of the requirements, the customer's requirements that they were looking to meet. And we're now working with them to deliver an AWS solution to deliver their next customer. So just an eight-month period, one same process, two different solutions within the same customer. It just shows that the journey to cloud is never-ending. It's going to be constantly changing and evolving as this marketplace does around us. So that's just one example of a customer that we've worked with very, very closely over the last two years. John, have you got any others to add to that? Yeah,
3: I recently worked with the Digital Transformation Director. Yes, such a job title does exist. (laughs) Of a a global organisation in the travel and hospitality sector. Who told us that they had nine clouds running in their business. And they were the only ones that could count. There might have been more. But they had at least nine. And upon further investigation, it turned out that six of those nine clouds were being used less than 50 hours a month. And you think to yourself, well, why is that? Well, one of the answers to that was, like we said earlier, it was so easy, we just kept filling your boots, and just keep consuming stuff. But guess which word hadn't appeared on their vocabulary? optimization? You could say efficiency. And it really was an exercise where the advice and guidance that was needed was, do we turn them off? Do we take those six clouds, the things that are running in there, and bring them back on-premise? Because it was actually cheaper, and we could control it more. There was a bit of both in the answer. And One of the reasons for the half that went stayed on-prem was to do with GDPR, and the regulations associated with the holding and the data residency of customer data records. Because they were in the industry they were in, they had a lot of consumer records and gdpr impacts that massively they as an organization didn't want to take the business risk of entrusting that consumer data to whomsoever cloud providers they said no no we're bringing that back Mm on-prem and i think that example goes to show that as we've said in more than one occasion in this podcast there's no single answer for all of this it's an ever-moving thing and here at insight we are very well placed to offer that advice, guidance and implementation and support practice to make sure that your journey to the cloud is as efficient,
1: secure and cost effective as possible. Great. John and Richard, you've mentioned a couple of times cloud optimization. How important is it for our customers and how can they achieve it?
2: Well I think cloud optimization is not a destination it's an ongoing process you can optimize but then the first day afterwards something is going to change something is going to be modified the either internally or the marketplace is going to change and you'll find yourself not optimized so the way we view optimization is not to view it as an event or a destination, but to view it as an ongoing service where we can help you check against um, a certain list of requirements, the set list of templates, etc., and do it on an ongoing basis to make sure that you stay compliant, you stay optimized, and we can then bring our subject matter experts in to then overlay on top of that, what's going on outside? What's happening outside the front door where the new suppliers are coming out every day? Azure's changing at a rate of knots. AWS's rate of change is phenomenal, relentless and very well respected. No one is gonna slow down in this space. So optimization is very much an ongoing process and not a destination. Do you agree, John? Yeah, very much so. And I think a lot of
3: it is down to the applications and the workloads that you're running on the cloud. And I'll put them into the three categories, really. Is it on and off? Is it predictable bursting? Or is it unpredictable bursting? They might sound like strange phrases, but the application, the availability and the predictability of the application will drive what sort of a solution I need to support it. Back to the earlier point about something being used less than 50 hours a month. You know, if I'm a ticketing organisation and tickets go on sale at nine o'clock on Monday morning for the next, I don't know, Oasis gig or something, you kind of know that that website is going to go crazy at one second past nine. And based on recent events, it'll probably crash by three, three minutes past nine, but be that as it may, that's a great example of the need to have access to massive compute scale that I only need for the time that that site is going to be through the roof that is a perfect use case for a form of cloud computing because I will never ever want to be able to afford to or want to manage the amount of computing power I'll need to service that demand for half an hour because the gig sold out in half an hour or whatever. So I think that drives a lot of the demand on where I'm going to be multi-cloud back to the overall theme of this podcast. you know, The, the world of hybrid cloud, how it's how it's changing, how it's generating new opportunities. And, you know, we're very excited about it. And we know, given that you're listening to this podcast, you presumably you're excited about it too. And uh, we hope this has been helpful for you.
1: Interesting and brilliant examples here, guys, about trends, challenges, and I think most importantly, about how to develop a successful multi-cloud strategy. Uh, Guys, I'm really sorry, and I'm afraid that we've run out of time. Uh, So thank you very much for your time, Richard and John. Uh, For those listening today, thank you for tuning in to Technomics. Please don't forget to review and rate this episode. And to follow our future podcast, please subscribe to the Insight Technomics on your podcast provider. Thank you and goodbye.
0: Learn more about the latest IT solutions that are changing the way we manage today's priorities and transform for the future by visiting our Learn Hub. You'll find videos, white papers, guides, reports, case studies and much, much more. So start exploring today. Visit uk.insight.com
3: learn.